only way to overcome that fear is to become obsessed with the process. If I put this out there, what if someone disagrees with me? Yeah. Well, you haven't really said anything at all unless somebody's disagreeing with you. Practice so much that there's nothing that that other person could say that would surprise you. That is what you're going for. You're going right. for the 50% that care what you have to say. The other 50%, right. not your problem. This is a skill set. This is a craft. See it that way and focus on the activities that are going to get you there. You just need to listen. You don't speak waiting to say the next thing. You speak and then listen. And right. I guarantee you they will say something that you can use on the next call. All right. Today we're going to talk about fear. Um, as we, we're going through a kind of a process of creating some content right now, and this theme kept coming up over and over again. Uh, fear around making calls, fear around paperwork, fear around, um, you know, stepping off into new territory with a career. And so I thought it would be good for us to just talk about common real estate fears, things that people run into, and how to get past them. You know, you, you're you're going to encounter, the first thing I would just tell people to understand is that fear, conquering fear, or getting uncomfortable is is your path to success. So you've got to figure out a way to get past it. You cannot let fear of the unknown, right, or fear about something mm -hmm. that could happen shut you from shut you down from taking action. Yep. So you've just got to basically build up some resiliency and some repetition and get your reps in. So that way you build more and more confidence over time. And that's going to be sort of an underlying theme today. But the first one that I want to talk about is just the first fear people encounter is what are my friends and my family going to think about me, right? And it, especially if you're getting into real estate, depending on where you are, it's like, depending on what kind of community you're in, a lot of people will be like, oh, I like I have 10 realtors, I know five realtors, you know, where yeah. you're like, oh, I'm just another real estate agent. What are people going to think about me? Um, uh, or if I'm reaching out or posting on social media, what is what are the people in my life going to think about me? Yeah. And so that will shut down people from taking action because they don't want to be perceived as, um, you know, not knowledgeable. They don't want to be perceived as showy. They don't want to be perceived as. It's a new career. Yeah, so. right. So starting over, oh, they're doing a new thing. Oh, oh, you know, here they go again. Right. And so the, a lot of times those, you know, soundtracks can kind of run in the back of your mind and it stops you from taking action. Um, and it's real, it's, it's extremely common. I mean, it's probably one of the things that we come up against a lot, especially in the social media world where people are like, we're trying to get people to post on social media and they've just got this fear of people who know them or, or them being perceived in the wrong way. Right. And it shuts them down. Like, I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to stumble on my words. It's like, look, just, you know, what I will tell you is you'd worry less what people thought if you knew how seldom they did. If they don't like it, they'll keep scrolling, right? And what you'll typically find is how supportive people will be once you kind of get on social media. Yeah. And But you can't, regardless, you can't uh, determine your success or failure based on how much engagement or likes you get. You just have to continually put out content and you're not going to be good at it and you might be perceived in certain ways, but that is the path, right? That's how you get better. No right? and people will t and People will tell you, I mean, there were people who told us at the beginning of this podcast, like, hey, I like this, but I didn't like that. Yeah. Right now, I we could have been like, we can't put any more stuff out. I'm too afraid what people are going to say. It's like, oh no, that's good feedback. Let's make it better. Yeah. And people, if they want to be like, sometimes that negative feedback can be a great teacher. Yeah. I mean, and anyone who's on 
YouTube or, or on social media or whatever has experienced that, right? Like if I put this out there, what if someone disagrees with me? Yeah. Well, you haven't really said anything at all unless somebody's disagreeing with you. No. Because if you're just going to say something that's super safe that everybody's going to agree with, then you're not really making any sort you're of not statements. Gonna, you're not going to get any engagement from it anyway, right? So yeah. you need to, it's okay to sound, say things or to have an opinion about something and it's okay to be wrong. Right. And it's okay to change your opinion about or, or, something. Or just disagree. Yeah. Like you may not be wrong. There may not be no a, a right or wrong in that scenario. You just yeah. may disagree. And that's fine. There are many times where, you know, I end a conversation where, hey, you know, I feel this way, you feel that way. And this is us. Yeah. I feel this way, you feel that way. But, you know, w- let's approach it somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, it's like it is what it is. That's how that's how it works. But the but the other thing it just initially, like people just aren't really watching you as much as you think they are. And they have their own lives. They have their own problems to solve. They're not really, so they're not really worried about what content you're putting out there on social media. So it's more important that you're just staying in front of people. Um, So whatever fear you have around that, it's going to be conquered through repetition, feedback. And it's like, that's the path, right? And any sort of pushback you get on that, that's the path. You might get an oddball comment at Thanksgiving that's like, oh, don't you know how competitive that mm-hmm. is? Or don't you you know, know why this is not a good idea for you, why you yeah. don't have sales skills? That's people with their, their own fears, their own self-limitations, their right. own thoughts that has nothing to do with you. So nope. just take those, you know, brush them to the side and move on. Yeah, I think like I've very rarely gotten just people being me. Like the worst I've heard was like this guy at church a couple of weeks ago. He's like, hey, Brandon the marketer. And uh, I was like, yeah, well, I do market a lot. Yeah. And that was about the worst it gets. So anyway, uh, the next thing is that, you know, people not not liking you or disagreeing with you, to your point, just means you're doing the right thing. And the, the example that I like to think about is like, well, first of all, let me say this. The more influential you become, the more people are not going to like you, yeah. period. Okay. So people not liking you, again, is the path. Right. That's how you know that you're making a difference in the world is that people don't like you. All right. So because if you weren't doing anything, people wouldn't care to have an, to opinion, have, about to you have an opinion about you at all. Yeah. The world is very divided. And mm-hmm. and you, we have the president example on here. I yeah. mean, people either like them or hate them. There's yeah. really no middle ground. In their own country, 50 percent of the people hate them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and that's just the way the world works. People have a very strong opinion one way or the other. And. Mm-hmm. The people that you're marketing to are, are the people that it, what you're saying resonates and they're engaged and they like what they hear. That is what you're going for. You're going right. for the 50% that care what you have to say. The other 50%, right? not your problem. Yeah. Usually exactly. more about them anyway. Yeah. And, and just again, most people are going to be supportive. So don't worry about it. Get out there, create it, make it better um, and keep putting it out there. Repetition. Okay, the next one is uh, the second fear is the fear of making calls or call reluctance. This is the most common people fear. Get th- so we run into this a lot in six-figure school because people don't, it's hard to get over like picking up the phone, making an outbound phone call to someone you don't know and trying to set an appointment with them. That's like, I get it, right? You're like, ah, uh, you know, especially if you might be introverted you may be a little shy, like that could feel like death to you. It's like picking up that phone and making the call. Okay, so it's it's what we run into very frequently. But there are a couple of things that you can do to overcome that fear. And the first one is to practice. So there is script. We've got scripts everywhere. You can download our scripting for free for, for sell by owners. 
what what is that? Is our uh, six figure systems? You can go to yep. agentbridge.com and download it. Okay, so, but practice the scripts with someone you trust, know you're comfortable with, right? Go back and forth, right? Have them throw objections at you. Have them pretend like they're a angry customer on the other side. Practice so much that there's nothing that that other person could say that would surprise you. Yep. I had a long conversation with my son last night. Um, he's He wants to wake up and be good at everything. Yeah. He's like, if it's not good at it, he doesn't want to do it. And you have to practice. People aren't just naturally great at these things. They practice. They yeah. they they role play. They read scripting. They read books. They get skills. They yeah. just do it a lot, and you get better. <laughs> Surprise. Well, that, so there. That's the exactly that, and that's the passive feedback. Is just like, first of all, it is a skill that you're building. Secondly, if you practice it and you get really good at it, and then the second part of it is the active feedback where you're doing it live. And you're getting surprised. And then you go, okay, great. Let me take that surprise and turn that and, and strategize around it. How will I handle that next time? And you're getting that active feedback. And the where, where I see this is I use this as an example in our daily huddle this morning, uh, comedians. Okay. And so I think about, and, and one of the guys that was in the daily huddle was sharing his experience because there's a local comedian here who's actually very famous, Nate Bargatze. He went to a show at Zany's. They didn't know he was going to come on. He goes, hey, I'm working on some jokes. Do you mind if I share them with you? And everybody's like, yeah, of course, because everybody yeah. loves Nate. On SNL now yeah. and everything. Yeah, right. So um, he's like, I'm trying some new jokes. And they said he was on stage being like, oh, hey, hang on. Let me start that joke over. I messed that up. Let me start it over. Yeah. Right. Just Doing that in front of a live audience to work on the material. And it's just like, okay, these are this person literally has the record for the highest attendance at Bridgestone Arena. And he's out there actively messing up in front of a crowd. At a tiny place like Zany's. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what does that tell you? If someone who's at the top of their game is still practicing, still doing repetition, still intention, like messing things up and getting active feedback, your path to success in real estate is, is you're always working on it, right? You're always working on your scripting. You're always working on your calls. You're always working on these things that are going to be high leverage and I can even tell you, it's like, you know, it's been a while since I've called it for sale by owner. If I jumped on, it would probably take me 10 to 20 of them yeah. before I kind of got back in my groove. That's what we teach in six-figure school. Your first hundred calls are going to suck. Yeah. But you should be taking notes. What are the objections? What are the surprises? Where did I mess up? Where did I trip? Mm-hmm. Take those notes and get better, incrementally better over the hundred calls. And on the hundred and first call... I guarantee you, you yeah. will be better than the first call you made. No question. No question. No question. It's but, impossible that you're not. But you, je- but you're, none of this is going to happen before you, until you make the call. So yeah. get out there and make them. All right. Okay. The other one is uh, the third one, fear of follow-up or knowing what to say on your follow-up. So people go, okay, I made a good connection, but how do I continue the How do I continue yeah. the conversation? I don't want to call them and just bother them. I don't want to pastor them. I want to stay in touch with them, but I don't know how. Okay. A lot of this comes with the wrong framework of what you're supposed to be doing. Because if you start a conversation with, hey, I was just following up with you, you're wrong. Yep. You already messed up. Okay. Look, you need to be creative and find ways to serve them. And by the way, you can go write down a list of things that you can follow up with. This is what's going to separate the amateurs from the professionals. Okay. What are my service offerings that I can potentially follow up with? 
Could I get them contract paperwork? Could I get them disclosures? What about uh, if they have kids? Could I follow up with a, you know, a list of uh, schools? Could I do I need to follow up with an email, right? You can develop maybe services or ways or creative ways that you can follow up with someone or look for a way to connect with them on the follow-up. People are going to be more interested though in connection than they are going to be in business. Absolutely. So if you do service and you do connection first, the business will come. Yeah. If you come in at business, you're creating a super, like it will become an annoying relationship to them. But the more you can connect with them as human beings and what they're trying to accomplish, the better. Yes. Right. And so when I, whenever I'm doing a follow-up, I'm looking for, it, it's almost like I'm creating each time or customizing that follow-up each time based on their needs. Yeah. This is why CRMs are great because each time you talk to someone, you should be taking notes and I guarantee you there's something in those notes that you can yeah. use for follow-up. They said something about an event in their life, yes. uh, someone, some problem they're having, some something with the house sale process, something that's coming up that you can use in the follow-up. Yeah. And you just need to listen. You don't speak waiting to say the next thing. You speak and then listen. And right. I guarantee you they will say something that you can use on the next call. So again... It, yes, it's framing it in in connection, framing it in service, and then the other thing is, let's take notes, write it down, and re, you know, create again. The underlying theme again is repetition. Do it often enough so you've got multiple opportunities or multiple options to serve them, right? After that initial call, after that initial appointment. yeah. Or while you're building the skills, these things are are more difficult, right? You're mm -hmm. you're having to dig a little harder on what to say or or what what follow up to do, but as you get better. It's natural. Like yeah. it, you, you, you take a few notes about the phone call, and you've already honed in on the exact one you're going to use on follow up in in a week or two. Yeah. And it's just everything becomes more natural. So what may feel laborious at the very beginning will ultimately mm -hmm. become very very simple the more calls you make. But you have to make calls, and you have to continue making calls because, as you just said, you can get rusty. Yeah. No question. Okay. Uh, number four: fear of paperwork or process. Um, and this one comes up, you know, especially with new agents or maybe some experienced agents that just don't want to send the wrong thing, uh, or do the wrong thing or send the incorrect form being perceived as being, uh, not knowledgeable, things like that. So fear of the paperwork and the process. And this is one we have said multiple times and we'll say it again, print out 10 purchase and sell agreements and write 10 contracts with scenarios. I, I'm telling you there's there, this one has a silver bullet and no one does it? No. No one will do it. You, if you're going to write a contract, you might have wanted to write one before. Yeah. And the easiest way or, to do or maybe that, like read one. <laughs> yeah. The easiest way to do that is to come up with a fake scenario yeah. with a fake buyer and fill it out. Yeah. And let your broker read it and yes. and give you some feedback. And it's so easy. Like you can do this. At this point, I can write an entire contract with all the appropriate mm -hmm. documentation in about eight minutes. Yeah. And so you can do these as you get better very quickly. Yes. You just need to fill out 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Just fill them out. Yeah. So do, again, that's the repetition part again. Just do enough of them, right? And then that way, it's like once you've got those scenarios and there's different ways, maybe it's a multiple offer, um, you can, you, you're you going to know exactly what to do and what questions to ask and it's going to make you more experienced. So first, pick one up and read it so you understand it. 
right? And then secondly, go practice it until you got it down. It might have some fancy language in it, but it is not complicated. Yeah. When you read through this, you're like, wow, this is what I was st- stressing over. Like, this right. is not a big deal. Right. The other thing is you can fi- also find a contract class and contract classes are good. And we teach one occasionally. We, d- we do a contract class. We may have another one coming up. Um, but, but I guarantee you, you would get more out of the contract class out. if you had done the practice before. That's Fill out exactly five right. and then go to a contract class. That's exactly right. It's, you're going to get so much more out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, other one, uh, number five, is fear of not enough business. <coughs> Excuse me. So this comes from, basically, it's like somebody's like, oh, well, if I'm not actively engaged in the act of customer service. So if I'm not showing houses or actively listing houses, then I, I start to have fear about what's going on. And for, and this is what the real estate agents are so guilty of this is they'll panic. They'll go work, 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 work until they get something moving. And then they are going to feel busy. They'll engage themselves in customer service. That thing will close. And then they're starting all back over again in that panic mode. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the only way to uh, overcome that fear is to become obsessed with the process, except obsessed with your daily process of outbound lead generation, what you do every day, right? Uh, to get new business. And that's going to create a pipeline that's so strong that you will not worry about it, right? You're always going to have buyers. You're always going to have listings. Um, you're always going to have things moving. And the, again, the only way to do it is become obsessed with that daily process. Yeah. Another aspect of this is you're becoming self-employed. You're, you know, the income's not steady. There's not a paycheck that shows up and on a regular interval and all of those are are realistic, you know, worries. But if you follow the process, if you, if you work on a pipeline, like we teach, you won't worry about it Mm -hmm. because you'll have so many people working through different stages of the buying process or selling process that, you know, that check's coming and you know about when it's coming. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so again, that's one of those things you're going to do. You're going to set up your daily routine. You're going to get feedback from that routine, but you've got to be consistent. And and this is the other thing is there's safety in numbers. If you want to overcome your fear, commit to doing a ton. We uh, Alex Hormozzi is a guy that we follow and watch, and he was talking about um, flyers, he, flyers, flyers yeah. right? He was putting flyers on cars for his uh, gym. Okay, so they took out, they, they had put out 300 flyers and they got like one phone call for somebody who wanted to join the gym. And so he was talking to his mentor who had given this, given him this instruction. And he said, hey, we tried them and it did not work. We got like one dude he didn't even buy. And he said, well, how many did you do? And he goes, 300. And the mentor started laughing. He goes, 300. He goes, we test with 5,000. And then we check the numbers. Yeah. Right? And that's how you have to do. You have to test with large numbers. There's safety in lots of calls. There's safety in lots of contacts because things will just fall out of the cracks, but you have to commit to doing a bunch of them, not not uh, responding to what happens to you emotionally. Like if you have a bad call, it's like, it doesn't matter. You just got to get yeah. the rep, you got to get the reps in. You got to do enough of them to get consistent feedback. If you're doing 30 minutes of lead gen a day and you don't have enough business, do an hour. If you're mm-hmm. doing an hour, you don't have enough business, do two hours. If you're doing two hours and you don't have enough business, you probably need to look at your lead gen time and make sure that you don't need some scripting help or, or something along those lines. But if you're doing two hours of lead gen a day, you've got business. Yeah. No question. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I've got a bonus one. Um, somebody came to this in our daily huddle today or brought this question. 
which was, or the fear, which was the fear of, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on a great market, right? Because like, I feel like interest rates are coming down. I feel like there's going to be a lot that happens and I don't want to miss out on it again. And I mean, that's real for, for real estate agents. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. You should, first of all, you should be afraid of missing out on this market that's coming. Right? There's a massive amount of opportunity out there in the marketplace. And, and there's a lot of negative talk in the real estate industry. What I would say is don't listen to any of that negative talk. And for the next several, I mean, for the next year, all you need to do is stack up listings. Get out there and list houses. The more listings you have, the bigger your net is to catch up, catch what's going on in this marketplace. And if you need further instruction, go back to our last episode, which is the 2024 episode. We were talking about getting your team ready and, and delegating. That's another one that you should listen to if you're worried about missing out on the opportunity that's coming this year. But get out there and list houses. Listen, they've got nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with showing buyers around. But if you focus too heavily on buyers, right, they're going to take up a ton of time. Listings take very little time, right? Once they're listed, those things are just, it's just your, you've got a net to catch buyers as yep. they come in. No question. Right. So go get out there and get listings. That's the best way to conquer this market. And then go listen to that last episode about what you need to do as far as getting it, getting ahead and building a team. Yep. Okay. Final thoughts. Nothing. I mean, I think at this point, if, if we haven't said it enough, it's practice. I mean, the 10,000 hour rule, right? Nobody just wakes up and is great at cold calling or Mm -hmm. has a perfect script or this or that, like find out what works for you, find your voice, try things and adapt and, you know, learn what objections you hear, learn what people say and you'll you'll have enough content from a hundred calls to be able to pretty much combat any anything or anyone. That's exactly right. Yeah, make it. I mean, get passionate about you know making those calls, getting the repetition and getting the practice in, so that you've. I mean, you've built a pipeline that's at that point. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. Right? Yeah, I mean, you built if, that pipeline so big. If this were if this were an easy job, everybody would be, uh, you know a $20 million producer, but they're not because people who dedicate their time to the craft, get sales skills, get other skills, elevate quickly, very quickly. Yeah. I I, bet I, I want to go back to that. Just, you said being dedicated to their craft. This is a skill set. This is a craft. And the more that you can focus or, or see it that way and focus on the activities that are going to get you there, Right, that active feedback, like treating it like, hey, this is a skill set, this is a craft. Focus on your craft. You'll get there. No question. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much. Go out there and conquer your fear. We'll see you next week.